Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, Unleashing the Power of a Grateful Heart. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can check us out at our website at bccma.org, or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. I'm glad to be here. Like I said before, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in Massachusetts. <laughs> so, uh, we're cutting the uh, parenting series uh, one sermon short. Uh, the trustees um, ask if today could be Pastor Appreciation Day and. After agonizing in prayer for 30 seconds, I said yes. <laughs> and uh, we really do appreciate all of you being here for that and for them. And um, they want to uh, have, a, they'll be up here in a little bit. So I want to uh, cut it short. I, I, and, and I want to give a message, different, different message than I was going to give. Just a short message that really goes with the day. Uh, before, uh, there's one story I wanted to tell in the parenting series that I just, I just want to share with you. One, one anecdote that I think you can use uh, during the week, maybe. The uh, story goes, true story, little girl, her mother, wanted, they had moved to this rural area, moved out in the country, no houses nearby. So the mother was concerned, what would my little girl do? She's six or seven years old. What would she do if there was an emergency? Couldn't run to the neighbor's house, which so she says to her one day, "If mommy, if you came in the bedroom and found mommy passed out on the floor, what would you do?" And the little girl said, "I would go in the kitchen and eat whatever I want to eat." <laughs> you, you can use that in your next presentation for a crowd breaker. <laughs> I want to talk about unleashing the power of gratefulness. Is I have thought about your appreciation of us, and I've caused me to think, and being Thanksgiving this week, uh, caused me to think about the power of gratefulness. And I realized I hadn't thought about gratefulness enough, because as I begin to read and pray about this, I begin to come to the conclusion that other than Christ Himself, there's no greater power than the power of gratefulness and the power of a grateful heart. So I'm going to call this message Unleashing the Power of a Grateful Heart. You can, I think most people down in your heart, you feel grateful for things. If I really pressed you, I don't, I've not talked to too many people who, when they would complain, if you challenged them a bit, they would say, oh yeah, I feel grateful. But you can have a grateful heart, but not unleash the power of it. There's a way to unleash the power of a grateful heart. And like I said, I believe it's the most powerful practice outside of Christ himself that you could possibly know about. I don't think, I don't think that myself included have begun to tap in to the incredible power, I mean real power, of giving thanks. In fact, according to a Daily Health Post article, July the 21st, 2019, the headline was, Neuroscience Reveals Gratitude Literally Rewires Your Brain to Be Happier. And they did these exercises where they had people write out their thanks. And they discovered that 
that if you really feel it when you say thank you, you rewire your brain to see more things to be thankful for, and you actually become a happier person. They say, they make this statement, the regular practice of expressing gratitude is not a new age fad. It's a facet of the human condition that reaps true benefits to those who mean it. The serpent, the personification of Satan himself back in the Garden of Eden knew this. He had to cause the first humans to become ungrateful in paradise. Let that sink in for a second. He had them to begin to get them to be ungrateful in paradise in order to infect them with sin and remove them from paradise. Romans chapter 1 is known to many Bible reading Christians and others who it's known for a chapter of talking about people who took a, took a downward path into sexual perversion and a, a word that theologians use, reprobation. Reprobation means calling good evil and evil good. It's losing your mind, basically. But what is usually overlooked in the recording of that journey from light to darkness in Romans chapter 1 is that it begins with this phrase in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks. Nor gave thanks to him. For their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Where did the futility of thinking start? Where did the foolish heart start? Where did the darkness start? It started with not being grateful. Jesus, of course, lived the perfectly grateful life. He did everything perfect. And he did gratefulness perfect. If you, I hope after this short message, when you go back and you read the Gospels, again, you will see how often Jesus gave thanks and how grateful he was to his Father constantly. It was the key. So what did Jesus came? So here's what happens in life. We... we encounter difficult or stressful circumstances. We encounter circumstances where our resources are limited. Maybe we don't have enough time. We wish we had more time. How many of you wish you had more time? Just wish, I've often wished that God, if you could just give us an eighth day in the week. If I could just have one more day this week, I would be totally prepared to preach. If I just had one more day. So we're, we're time, we're, we're, we're starving for more time. Money, of course, resources, affection. Uh, you wish people would love you more, feel more affection for you. Name it. Whatever the resource is, we find ourselves limited. And therefore, we, that's when we launch into ungratefulness because we begin to, to focus on what we don't have. Well, Jesus shows us what to do when you feel stressed, what to do when your resources are low, what to do when everybody else will become negative, when everybody else will start to complain, Jesus did the opposite. And I'm going to take a snapshot of when he did it and show you the results. Matthew 14, 15. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Now, if you read all the text there, there was a crowd of people who'd come for Jesus to teach them. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy food for themselves. That's what the disciples said. But Jesus said, 
That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. Now, which results do you want? Do you want results like the first human had that gets you kicked out of paradise? I'm sure you've all had that situation where you were very whiny and complaining And you finally got your way. You got out of that situation only to find out later you wish you you were back in that situation. Right? You find out later, I should have been grateful. I did not know how good I had it. So if you can just pretend, whatever you're in today, it's God, it's your Garden of Eden. It's your Garden of Eden. So Jesus, Jesus did some things. If you want to get Jesus-like results instead of the first human results, then here's what you do. I'm going to tell you that in three steps. In principle, Jesus used the magnifier of gratitude over five loaves and two fishes as a catalyst for unlimited multiplication of resources. Let me read that again. In principle, Jesus used the magnifier of gratitude over five loaves and two fishes as a catalyst for the multiplication, unlimited multiplication of resources. The disciples had, were, were magnifying how many hungry stomachs they had. Jesus magnified the, the fish and bread that he had. And he caused it to begin to be magnified in an unlimited fashion. Praise is a multiplier of all that is good. Complaining is a multiplier of all that is bad. That's a rule. That's a rule. So, here's, here's what you do to unleash the power of gratitude in your life. Think about it this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving. Number one, count your blessings. Count your blessings. We used to sing a song about that. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. When a friend lets you down, do you count the five friends who would drop whatever they were doing and come and help you? Or do you just think about all day about the person that let you down? When your spouse makes you unhappy, do you count the five ways that they have sacrificed to make you happy? Are you going to spend your whole week thinking about the one thing they did that makes you unhappy? When you're stuck in traffic, do you count the five things about your car that a hundred years ago would have been science fiction? That you could have been in a temperature-controlled, comfortable leather seat with stereophonic music pulling from millions of downloadable songs and tens of thousands of downloadable podcasts and 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 if the next exit you can go through a drive through and have get a cup of coffee to drink on the way or do you think about the destination the five things about the destination that you're 
You're going to work. You, can, you have a job. That's amazing you have a job. The majority of people in the world don't have a job. In fact, did you know that you have it better than the richest man who ever lived? The richest man who ever lived in around 1911 was John D. Rockefeller. There's, he had so much money that his relatives that are still living today have $200 billion. That's what, he, that's what they have left, and I'm sure they've just been spending like crazy. By almost any objective standard, you're richer today than Rockefeller was a century ago. He had, he had huge homes, but they weren't air-conditioned, and they weren't adequately heated. He had a chauffeured limo, but they weren't air-conditioned either, and they had, no, they had no stereo and probably no power steering. His phone was attached to a wall, the poor guy. <laughs> he couldn't browse the Internet. If he went to his house in California from his house in New York, it would take him days. It would take him days to go to London. He listened to music on a scratchy phonograph. Wasn't downloaded and wasn't listened to it on noise-canceling headphones. His food choices were limited to what was in season. You ever think about that? Your ability to go to the store and buy food that's in season and buy food that's grown in Vietnam. <laughs> His family and his friends all live much shorter lives than your family and friends do. Many, many children died in, 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 their, in their youth from very common diseases. He couldn't, he couldn't swing into Starbucks and get a you know, cinnamon dolce cream, cream latte, you know? He couldn't download music, stream movies. You know, in, in, in those days... Even most Americans living in middle class today have reliable heat, air conditioning, indoor plumbing. Let's pause and think about that for a minute. Microwave, smartphone, flat panel TV, Wi-Fi in a car. A century ago, the richest robber barons didn't have that. We are living longer, safer, healthier, richer freer lives than any people in history. How about a little gratitude? The people in first service didn't get to what I'm about to say, so this, you need this. You need to be aware of something, especially since everybody has more access to your brain than any time in history. They have an interest in keeping you unhappy. There's an industry in dis, there's an industry discontentment is an industry. It keeps politicians in power. It keeps it keeps um, um, interest groups the money flowing into all kinds of tens of thousands of interest groups that are all over the place. They have offices and executives and great salaries. And they don't get to keep those salaries unless they can keep convincing you that the things are terrible. And unless you pay them money, things are going to get worse. For you to get happy and start being grateful would be the worst day of their life. Resist it. 
Resist those voices that try to constantly tell you that everything is bad and America's filled with this bad thing and that bad thing and that bad thing. Listen, the world is, in, 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 this is, this is so true, this is so true. I know there's evil, I know there's lots of evil, I understand. But if, the world is in better shape in almost every metric than it's ever been. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you that because you will, you will stop sending them those cards and letters and checks and, and if you, so you get happy. Amen? Okay, let's move on. Count your blessings. Share your blessings. Matthew 14, 19, let's read again. He directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He gave thanks, he broke the loaves, then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. Well, I'm reading the same verse twice, I accidentally photocopied twice. But he fed the whole multitude, he fed the whole multitude, he shared, see sharing is the highest form of gratitude. When you give away your time and your money, and your life, you are acknowledging, first of all, that everything you have is an undeserved gift. That it doesn't belong to you, it's an undeserved gift. But you're acknowledging even something that's even more powerful in the realm of faith. And this is the key to understanding the power of gratitude. You are acknowledging that whatever you have, there's plenty more where that came from. You say, well, I don't think there's plenty more time. Wait a minute, you serve a God who caused the sun to stand still one day. You serve a God who can create more time for you. And some of you have put it to the test and you know it's true. You don't know how you got the time to do what you did when you obeyed God with your time. When you obeyed God, you can't figure out how you were able to get so much done. Because getting things done has more to do with energy than it does with time. And God will give you more energy so that you will be more productive. And he, not only that, the Bible says that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. It says if you will bring your tithe and offering into the storehouse, that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And time is money. I said time is money. When God meets your financial needs, it's like him giving you more time. When Jesus took the fish and bread and began sharing it, he was saying, Father, we got five loaves and two fish here, but there's plenty. You got plenty more fish where that came from. You got plenty more bread where that came from. So I'm going to live instead of a scarcity mentality, I'm going to live in an abundance mentality. And that's, that's one of the keys. I understand that some people in what we call the prosperity gospel have taken this principle and misused it and perverted it. But if, if, if something's perverted, it means that there's something pure that got perverted. I said if something's perverted, it couldn't be perverted if there wasn't a pure version of it. They had to take a pure principle of faith and a pure principle of gratitude and a pure principle of faith. And, and if, you've, if you heard any of the prosperity preachers, they'd like to talk about seed faith. The seed, hey, seed faith is a real thing. Investing, Jesus invested to increase. He shared to have more. That's a principle of faith. 
and it will work. Don't let some prosperity preacher that's, that's, that's flying around in a jet or something because of his manipulated people, don't let that stop you from, from practicing giving living. Amen? Number three, announce your blessing. Jeremiah 31, 7. This is what the Lord says, sing with joy for Israel. Shout. Circle the word shout. That means to announce. Shout for the greatest of nations. Shout out with praise and joy. The reason we even know about this story in Matthew 14 is because it got shouted out. And in those days, they didn't have amplification systems. They didn't have billboards. They didn't have internet banners. So if you're going to make a publicity get known... You had to pay a guy to go around and shout. And so he said, make known, announce what God is doing. See, when you praise, praise multiplies what you have. And not only that, but you, you, you attract what you advertise. You attract what you advertise. Bill, you work for Whole Foods. And I know you want your store to succeed. When you guys are in meetings and talking about what you're going to put in those flyers and what you're going to put on the internet, do you, do you sit there and say, let's tell them what's wrong with Whole Foods? That doesn't work. <laughs> you, you tell them what's right about Whole Foods. What? Surprise and delight them. Surprise and delight them. I like that. Tell... Some people, some people, the church is one. Some people around the church, man, they think we're gonna, we're gonna really build the church up by talking about what's wrong with it. <laughs> There's a place to drill down and talk about the negative. Yes, sir, re, absolutely. But that's just because you have to do it. What builds things is praise. What builds things is praise. You know, uh, like I said, we attract what we, what we advertise, right? Uh, I remember one time I was staying in a pastor's home in Iowa. My brother and I and his wife, we were traveling around uh, being itinerant preachers in those days. And so we would stay with people a lot of times. And uh, so we were staying in this pastor's home, and, and the pastor's wife had made something for dinner called corn pone pie. Now, I'm a southern boy, so I like that. It's, it's cornbread with, mixed in with chili, cooked into it with spices. That sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> Shouldn't be talking about this at 12.01. <laughs> but I, 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 I just raved about it, how wonderful it was, how awesome it was. So the next morning, we all come down to breakfast, and I was expecting bacon and eggs. So everybody else had bacon and eggs and pancakes. I had corn pone pie. Because that's how effusive I attracted what I praised. And that's what you will do too. You will attract what you praise. It's so, such a principle. So it reminds me that on this appreciation day, how much I genuinely and ap appreciate and love my church. How much I genuinely appreciate and love this place. And, and when I say I, I'm speaking for Sherry as well. I'm speaking for my children as well. So I'm going to try not to let you outpraise me today. And 
I appreciate being appreciated. Uh, I constantly feel appreciated by you already. I really do. And I was spending time with a Brazilian pastor and some members of the church the other night and other afternoon. And, and that they have what you call, a, it's, more of a, it's more of an overt honor culture. You know, and, and, and this is a lot of, a lot of non-American ch- churches, African and other churches. Their t- cultures are a little more, you know, if you're the pastor, or, you know, you, they kind of put you on a pedestal. And I said, you know, we don't do things. I mean, the churches always celebrate my birthdays like they do and other things. I said, but I said, guys, let me tell you, my church appreciates me. I get constant. I feel respected. I feel cared for. Uh, I, I don't feel any less respected because they don't have all these celebration type days. But I really, so I really mean that. But the church, this church, I really love you guys. And I really love this place. I, the church is where I've been able to, for the last 30 years, discover develop and deliver my spiritual gifts. The church is where I get to see, and this is probably the best part, I get to see so many of you have your first dance with Jesus. That is so special. We, we just had, I think, 15 people in the baptism orientation class, and oh, it was glorious. It was so amazing. I, I just didn't realize some people like accepted Jesus in August and July, and they're just coming into faith and they're talking about it. they're so excited about it man it's just the best the best job a man could have the church is where this church has played and this is no joke I can't say it loud enough and strong enough this church has played the primary role in helping Sherry and I raise children who follow Christ and who are good people There's no other single factor outside of God and our own home, perhaps, that's played a bigger role than you have in helping us raise good kids. Hillary was wrong. (laughs) At least once. Not Not a village that raises kids. It's a church. It takes a church. The village, I don't know, man. I want to raise the kids with the village. <laughs> I want to raise them with you. This church is one place in my life where I know when and if I am contrite of heart about my sin, I will be forgiven. Not only by Christ, but by you. This church makes it possible for me to have an amazing pastoral staff, an amazing pastoral support staff, and Unfortunately, because there's only so much time and, and ability to do things, the trustees couldn't do the same, you know, uh, the same email out for everybody. But I, th- they know people like people like Shane and uh, Shana Sullivan, Shane, who does tr- such a tremendous job of b- behind-the-scenes administration, uh, financial and otherwise, and helping promote our church. And and Shana at this Compassion New England and the Crisis Center, and um, uh, Dan Morais, who managed all our properties. Even la- last night, uh, Sherry tells me, she calls me, I'm driving somewhere, and she calls me and said, I think you need to know I heard the heat was out at the church. And here's what I said right away. I said, well, I'm not worried about it. I know Dan's taking care of it. And but I called just to make sure, because I knew Sherry was going to ask me again. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so I said, I called him up. Sure enough, he's here. 
and there was an electrical problem, and they got, and you're sitting in a warm auditorium today. And so thank you, Dan. Amen? And uh, of course, Christy, you see her up here every Sunday leading worship, played a major, major role in how beautiful this auditorium and lobby looks t today. Um, the trustees, of course, such tremendous people. Just, just, it's a pleasure to meet with them. It's a pleasure to talk to them. Uh, we have such a love relationship. It's just fantastic. The church has, for three decades, paid me a salary to do what I love to do. And that's amazing. And the church humbles me regularly. You reg humble me regularly by, by communicating, Pastor, what do you believe God wants for our church? You don't know how amazing that is to, to say we're looking to you for leadership. Not that I don't also hear your opinion too, what you think God is saying. I, I hear that as well and appreciate that, appreciate that. But everybody, just as a group, you're just careful careful to say, Pastor, we want to know what, what you're, what's on your heart. What is God telling you for our church? And I know plenty of pastors who don't get to experience that. It's always, Pastor, we, we know what God wants to do, and you better, you better do it. You better take care of what we have decided God wants to do for this community. You have not done that. And, uh, you know, the thing about submission and authority, if somebody's submitting to you, be grateful because they don't have to. If, if you're submissive to me and to the leadership of this church, you don't have to. I mean, if you think you have to, come talk to me. I, need to, you, we, I just want to let you off the hook. You're, you're doing of your own free will. <laughs> um, this church is my spiritual home. I love my church. I really do. I'm not looking, haven't, you know, all the years I haven't looked for greener pastures, another place to go. And I'm speaking for Sherry as well when I say these things. So thank you. And at this time, I will uh, give the uh, remaining time I have to Susan Pfeffer and the trustees. Good morning. I'm Susan Pfeffer, as Pastor Phil just said, Mike Seaver. Mike Sutton and Patrick Burke are our other trustees, and I would like to invite Brandy Lee Gaudette to come to the stage, our children's pastor, our executive pastor, Pastor Jason and Marilyn McCutcheon, and our lead pastors, Pastor Phil and Sherry McCutcheon. Today is all about honoring you guys and giving us an opportunity to say how great you are and how thankful we are for you guys. And I speak on behalf of the trustees and the congregation when I say we are in awe of you and all that you do and how you faithfully serve the kingdom of God. 
in how you faithfully and tirelessly serve us. We wanted to publicly acknowledge you today and express just how awesome you guys are and how thankful we are for the role that you play in all of our lives and for what you do each and every day that we don't see, that we do see, that contributes to who we are as people. You guys make us better people, and we are honored to have you as our pastors. When we met to discuss honoring you guys, and it was our heart that you guys felt honored, um, we wanted to overwhelm you with expressions of love and appreciation for the tireless efforts and the love that you guys pour into this ministry and to all of us. The baskets in front of you and the words that are in the cards can no way express what our hearts really are for you guys and what you do for us and, and just who you are in the kingdom. But they're a token of just an expression. And we love you guys. We thank you guys. We hold you in the highest regard, respect. We are grateful for you, and we love you, and we say thank you for who you are. Love you guys.